is episode 71 of Fatalist, a podcast devoted to the supernatural series Lost Girl and all things sci-fi, supernatural, fantasy, and horror. My name is Dave, and I'm joined after many, 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 many months live in the studio with Wayne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is exciting. It's yeah. great being back in here uh, for many reasons. One, the studio is awesome. It has all kinds of cool stuff around it, which the audience should just have to imagine. There's all kinds of cool like guitar science fiction stuff up and everything. Yeah. Um, two, it gets me out of the house, which yeah. might even be the, the better reason to be here. Yeah, got my action, X-Files action figures. Yeah, right. I'm sitting right next to my uh, Fox Mulder action figure. Well, not my, your, your Fox. Yeah. But, you know, I've, I feel a kinship with Fox Mulder since he's always right there next to me, keeping me online during the podcast. All right. Well, listen, we were talking off the air, and I said, hey, we should be talking about this you know, on the air, but uh, talking about renewals, and, and, and obviously uh, you know, I'm going to talk in the news tonight about one show that the fans definitely do not have to worry about a renewal. In fact, they're getting like bonus material that, that the rest of us are not, but you know, with Continuum, that the season finale just aired. Uh, the ratings have been pretty good. We were up uh, over 900,000 for episodes 11 and 12, which is, and that's on Sci-Fi Network, which is pretty good. But still no word, still no word on Orphan Black. Yeah, well, and then, you know, my point of view, and maybe it's just my naturally optimistic one, is that if they were to cancel these shows, they would have just canceled. It would have been done by now. You know, we would have heard about it. Uh, especially with Continuum, the fact that, like, there's no news at all about it leads me to think that they're just waiting for some, one of the cons maybe to have the big announcement that, yeah, we got renewed for the new season. Um, because again, like why, if they're going to cancel it, why would they, why would they drag it out? Why would they wait? You know, they would just, you know, they got all their numbers in. And so if, if the numbers weren't favorable, it didn't come up like they wanted, they would just say, all right, it's done. Well, I did hear a reason though. Um, I read the, an article online and they said, number one, look, showcase their two main scripted original dramas are Lost Girl and Continuum, both of which are highly successful in Canada. So right away, why would you not renew them? Well, the only reason you would not renew them is money. And that what this article was talking about, that very often what happens in television is that when the network knows it's going to renew the show, but it needs to bring costs down it drags things out so that hopefully they can reduce some salaries. Um, so you've got some characters that are they dead or are they not dead? Well, which brings us to the Jack Dylan. Right. When is dead dead? We were discussing this, right. and I think you even said on uh, on Liberate that you know, like he better be dead. Right. As he was standing like hands length away from you know uh, yes. Sonia when she blew herself up, and but we find out in the season finale. Oh, but I'm I'm feeling much better. Because we all pray for Jack Dylan, and yeah. and look, I guess the reality is happy, when happy. you've got Brian Markinson, you don't kill him. Okay, so right. but some, why have the ludicrous pot, plot point where you do? I know, right? I agree. Uh, which is basically what you were saying. With you know, I mean, I think with, with your when is dead dead, which obviously is very resonant. Uh, take five, by the way, because we've been talking about it a lot since then. Yeah, is the fact of these ludicrous plot twists and how you know they they toy with the audience by killing people and bring them back and yeah, this that and the other and it's it gets to a point and you said with a lot of people point out with supernatural i don't know if i agree with it in supernatural's case well i do agree with it 
in that it is ridiculous, but I think Supernatural embraces the ridiculousness, you know, and makes it a part of the show. But uh, for shows that try to maybe take themselves a little bit more seriously, uh, you know, doing stuff like this, like, you know, the Jack Dylan thing is just, it's ludicrous. Right. I mean, we can accept it in Lost Girl because it's a Supernatural show. Exactly. Don't like it, but we, right. we can accept it. So, um, well, listen, you know, a couple but of- I think Hale is, is good and proper dead, right? Yeah. You know, like, well- Who else is- Died. Oh, well, Acacia, right? Yeah. Died and came back. And All right, well, here, here's something for our, you know the fandom out there. If you obviously pay better attention than we do, <laughs> what other characters, quote, unquote, you know, Dyson. But the Dyson, Dyson didn't really die, though. No, did he, he did. Just, yeah, remember she cheat him back to life. Right, but he was, I think he was just like mostly dead. Uh, well, whatever. All right, well, anyway, <laughs> listen, before we get into the official uh, news, uh, just a couple of items. Uh, number one, and I you know, mentioned this to you when I talked to you earlier in the day, and when I say talk to you, we communicate via email because God forgive, God forbid we ever actually use the telephone. Yeah, but I, I don't even know what that thing is. There's a leaked pilot of Flash that's out on the internet, and I haven't seen it yet. Did you get a chance to watch it? Uh, I watched like maybe the first five minutes. Okay. I don't know. Oh, you're shaking your head. I mean, everything I've read and every, okay. every is that it's awesome. Uh, so I'm sure it does, but like just the very first beginning, like starting with the voiceover narrative and everything, it's just like, oh, come on. Yeah. And then a little kid getting beaten up by bullies. I just wasn't fast enough. Like, no. really? <laughs> okay. So I understand that they might make some changes and hope they do. But, you know, I, you know, I watched the whole thing. Well, you know, and you mentioned the voiceover narrative. And again, I mean, it's a little thing in a show, but. Birds of Prey, I think it's really strong where they give the little background of Gotham City and the Birds of Prey. Yeah, that the the Alfred does every week. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know. I'm just not a big fan of, right. of I think it's like an it's too simplistic of a narrative device. Not not that it's awful because like a lot of times you can do it successfully, but I'm just saying, especially the superhero movies. Uh, tend to use them a lot and it becomes kind of cliche. And seeing something now uh doing it, you know, a, a current artistic project you would think mm, i don't know all right well here's the 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 really maybe even more salient point as far as i'm concerned i don't know if you remember back to when fringe debuted but the pilot for fringe leaked in the summer before it aired well yeah i mean i wasn't watching fringe then but going back and listening to the fringe podcast i remember hearing right. daryl talking and about so it. then with the issue that came up was did fox leak it and of course, they went in this case CW, and in this case CW. But but back uh, you know, when Fringe debuted, what was that? Two thousand eight, two thousand eight, I think. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was speculation that they deliberately leaked it, and then of course they denied it. But you couldn't deny the fact that that a, a huge buzz was created, and you wonder if the CW is doing the same thing, which I think is smart. Yeah, I no, I think it's really smart. And some shows like Defiance, right? Uh, blatantly, yeah, uh, they didn't leak it; they just yeah. released it. Before it actually showed, and right. just to create, I think for you know it it works. I mean, you see, that Defiance was not a spectacular show, but loads of people watched. Yeah. Now, it. have you seen it yet? This I haven't seen. Yeah, it, I've, no. I DVR'd it. I yeah, still haven't yeah, seen yeah. it. It's um, save that and uh, Falling Skies. Well, now but. Falling Skies. Uh, what happened with Falling Skies? Season four premiere became available on Amazon 
like about two weeks before yeah, okay. it actually aired. So I did watch it online at Amazon Prime, and and I liked it. It oh, was, was free. Yeah, it was free. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no kidding. Yeah. Ah. So I mean, obviously, it's aired right, right already, and and I thought it was pretty good. I definitely liked it, and going to keep watching it. Yeah. Well, Falling so, Skies is a cool show. Yeah. Uh, now the other thing that I, I don't know if you know about. I'd stumbled across it and picked up a copy and finally got around to watching it. Although when I say watching, I've saw, seen the first 25 minutes. It's a 2013 horror movie called Oculus. The premise is that a son has been convicted of murder He's in psychiatric prison or whatever you call it. And his sister is now, you know, they're both adults now and she's trying to clear his name because she's alleging that it wasn't him that killed this person. It was supernatural forces at work. So the mother, you know, in, in the flashbacks, the mother is Katie Sackhoff from Battlestar yeah, Galactica, Galactica, obviously. And her daughter, who is now an adult, is Karen Gillan. Ah, really? Yeah. So uh, nice to see Amy Pond again. She yeah. looks great. At, you know, so a, I don't know about it. Yeah, Karen Sackhoff being able to play a mother of an adult, like I don't. Well, no, no, no. I mean, it's it's in flashbacks. Oh, so she's the mother yes, in the past. In flash, and, exactly. Gotcha. Right. Okay. Because I'm like that. She's not that old. It's no, no, not she, nearly old. Yeah, she's about maybe seven years <laughs> older than Karen Gillan. But right. um, but it really, you know, it, again, it looks like one of these psychological thrillers. There's this mirror involved, which okay, maybe is a horror movie trope, but. Um, I just, you know, I just ran out of time. So, yeah. so I'm definitely going to get back to it and, Oculus, you know, huh? yeah. Uh, so maybe somewhere down the road, that might be something, uh, you okay. know, any, anything to avoid doing zombies. Um, oh. oh, I'm sorry. I didn't <laughs> say that. Well, actually I, I, you know, I had an idea that I actually put in the, the notes and you might not have seen it. I'm like thinking like, you know, maybe after this we could do the, the Batman movies. We could. Like it, the, the Christopher Nolan ones. You know, like, yeah. Which I really have not seen. Oh, um, then we should definitely do them. Yeah. We'll have to see when. Lost Girls supposed to right yeah <laughs> because we've got five episodes to go on Birds of Prey right so I think we probably are going to have some time to to squeeze some things in and who knows maybe we'll get back to the well, old listen, days when we yeah. did a Lost Girl episode and right 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 when we were very ambitious back in the beginning we had so much time back then I guess. yeah <laughs> so uh, what, anything you're watching that we haven't mentioned um, already like yeah like most of the shows are are done. Um, under the dome, I'm not even recording now. Has it started yet? I don't Again, know. I don't even know. So I, I, I didn't think I was going to go back to under the dome. Like I was kind of wavering, but uh, you know, I, we got a new DVR over the past year, and so I didn't program under the dome back in. I think it started up again, and I haven't recorded, it, so I'm like, forget it. Um, but yeah, Falling Skies and Defiance uh, have waiting for me. But uh, these are all in uh, in DVR limbo right now because. I'm just like super into Breaking Bad right now, and so. Uh, so what season are you on? I'm in season three. Okay, I I saw season one in one day, and then I saw the entire run in ten days. Yeah, yeah, I believe it. It, it I, just you uh, see how that happens easily. Yeah, I just got to talk about this because you know season two, the very first shot of season two is the stuffed animal in the the swimming pool, and they keep going back to it throughout the whole season, and so. 
the whole time. You know, like most TV shows, they show you something at the beginning, and then by the end of the show, you'll see the result or right, how that sure. how that came to be. But Breaking Bad does this thing where they'll show you something, and you don't get to see what the significance was sometimes for two shows. Or in this case, it wasn't until the very last shot, the very last scene of the very last episode that season where we finally realized and what it was was 10 times more awful than anything i was imagining as i'm watching that season you know the whole thing i'm, I'm thinking it's going to be like this gunfight blah, 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 and who's dead and they see the two bodies and who are the bodies and everything and what it was was so much worse than anything i imagined and hats off to the people because i mean that's obviously why this show a lot of people say this is like you know, one of the best shows ever. Because something like that to pull off that long range type thing that was just amazing. Yeah, and just the fact, you know, the, the, I mean, certainly the anti-hero is becoming more and more prevalent in American television. And, sure, and he certainly is the quintessential anti-hero. But, you know, we're like, I mean, I know you haven't watched Mad Men, but you know, you watch like Mad Men. Don Draper's kind of an anti-hero because he's a guy who does a lot of things, not necessarily. Yeah, he does things that are, are kind of boneheaded and dumb and short-sighted. But, you know, we think Don basically has a good heart. Well, from Walter what I understand, White, at the time, they were moderately acceptable things he does. Now, relatively despicable. Or am I wrong? With Don Draper? Yeah. Yeah, no. No, he's still okay. Okay. He he, he does go, like, for he does some okay, – there were some things he did that were, like, we really were kind of bad – but but nothing with Walter White, where like there's times when he is just like Don Draper. You still like him the whole time. You still you, you might say, "Oh, Don, why'd you do that?" Ah, uh, you know. But then with Walter White, there's times you like, God, this guy's he's just an awful person. He's just a really really bad person, like at at core, you know. Um, and it's difficult to like him, like you know when. Oh yeah, I, there's just another one. Well, then you know what your spoil, next. But, non-genre show needs to be okay what's that californication okay with david Duchovny. Right, david Duchovny, right um the only half hour episodes there okay but again he's and just nudity, right and nudity nice he's just a despicable human being but i don't know you, you you're drawn to him yeah oh i'm definitely he's drawn a, to uh walter yeah. though you know i don't i don't know and then you're like you like you see like his wife and you're like oh I, I feel sorry for her and then all of a sudden you're like she is a horrible person too as a yeah. matter of fact you know and it's really uh, at this point you know Jesse is the only one who has any shred of of humanity I mean, it seems like well and Bob Odenkirk as the lawyer is just hilarious I mean I, right and he's got the spinoff show right that uh, oh does he yeah oh, I didn't even know. Uh, because he's got to call Saul or whatever yeah, the show's yeah. called. Oh, is that really? There's yeah, a show that. Yeah. Oh, no kidding. I don't know if it's aired yet or not. Okay, uh, but that's he's you know he's just you know fantastic and everything and and uh, you know you lived to see his name in the opening credits. I was thinking about there's something else I was going to say, but I can't remember what it is now. Oh well, yeah, probably not that important. Yeah, probably not. But you know, it's a it's a pretty excellent show uh, overall, and definitely you know you can you see how people get obsessed with it and and which is kind of leading us into not quite yet uh, Project X, but you know, people get obsessed with it and watch it, you know, bam, bam, bam. Like, as you said, like in 10 days time, you watch it. Right. So. And again, that's, uh, you know, the whole changing delivery system of television. So anyway, all right, well, listen, let me, let me do a little bit of uh, sci-fi news. All right. While summer television fair is certainly better than it used to be, 
That doesn't mean that most genre fans aren't climbing the walls in anticipation of the return of their favorite shows. Fans of The Walking Dead, however, are no different. The difference is they're going to actually get something that most of us are not. AMC's mm -hmm. announced two new documentaries framed around the series, both of which will come to the small screen in July. Inside The Walking Dead is set to air Tuesday, July 8th at 10 p.m., focusing on the production departments involved in the creation of the series from costumes to special effects. You watched Walking Dead. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Love The Walking now, Dead. Now, one week later, Inside the Walking Dead, Walker University is going to air on Tuesday, July 15th at 10 p.m. and look at the training and work involved to make those undead just the right amount of freaky and awesome. But that's not enough. Apparently, Walking Dead fans are also, in addition to the documentaries, the network's going to plan a huge marathon of the show's entire four-season run beginning 9 a.m. Friday, July 4th eventually winding down with a Talking Dead Season 5 preview special Sunday, July 6th at 9 p.m. And I'm sure fans of the show already know the fifth season of The Walking Dead is set to return to AMC in October, and you'll be there, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure, yeah. So. You know, there's uh, actually, we just, we're switching over from Verizon to DirecTV right now, um, and so we're going to get like this new genie. Do you have the genie? I do. Yeah. So is that awesome? It is awesome. Okay. It's like the guy on the phone said it was awesome. And I, you know, well, the, he, he's on the phone for a reason. He must I mean, I'm still <laughs> not used to the fact that, you know, I DVR stuff down in the family room. Right. And that's where I had to watch it. Well, no, now you can watch it. You DVR it on the oh, DVR. Oh, I already got that with Verizon. Uh, okay. We'll see. With the multi-room DVR. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, but anyway, but the thing is you can like, apparently you can like record five shows at a time and it'll hold like 300 hours. Um, and so now I'll be better able to deal with these marathons that pop up because it used to be like, you know, BBC would do it. They run like a Dr. Who, mar Who marathon and they would kick out like, you know, five hours of oldest stuff on my yeah. DVR because it's just like all of a sudden in one day it records like, you know, 20 some hours of stuff. Um, so yeah, that's cool. Love The Walking Dead. That's that's a that's a really really great show. Okay, all right. And we just mentioned we've been talking a lot of late, lately about new delivery methods for episodic TV, with outlets like Amazon Prime and Netflix becoming more the rule than the exception. It's an exciting time to be a genre fan. Now, uh, announced two years ago, the Wachowski siblings have put together a sci-fi thriller for Netflix, which is scheduled to begin filming late July, early August, called Sense Eight which is going to tell the story of eight strangers from different cultures and parts of the world who share a violent psychic vision, suddenly finding themselves telepathically connected. A mysterious and powerful man named Jonas is going to try to bring the eight together, while another stranger called Mr. Whispers will attempt to assassinate them. Each episode is going to heavily feature one character and their story. Ten episode serials slated to become available late 2014, early 2015. Now, according to sources, Viewers can expect a closeted Mexican telenovela hunk, an Icelandic party girl, a German safecracker, Korean businesswoman, African bus driver, and a transgender American blogger. Perhaps most intriguing, though, are Jonas, an apparently magic African-American who appears to all the visionaries and his evil counterpart that we mentioned, Mr. Whispers. Now, they've named some cast members. Daryl Hannah, I'm not a big Daryl Hannah fan. Uh, however, Naveen Andrews, who we know as Saeed from sure. Lost, uh, Brian J. Smith, Stargate Universe. You may have heard of the next one, and you'll tell me I'm pronouncing her last name wrong. Freema. Ajiman. 
from Doctor Who. I would have pronounced it wrong. Martha Jones from Doctor Who. I, th- I think that's how it's, that's always, I guess, you know, I think that's just how I've always pronounced it in my head, so I'm not sure if that's actually the right way. Okay. Um, Tuppence Middleton from Jupiter Ascending, which is a Wachowski Brothers film that's in, I believe it's in post-production at oh, this okay. point. Sci-fi. Uh, Amy Amin from The Butler, Terrence Mann, Dresden Files, uh, newcomer Jamie Clayton. And then there's going to also be a lot of uh, non-American, non-British cast. Indian actress Tina Desai, South Korean actress Donna Bay, uh, who was also in Cloud Atlas, another Wachowski's. Right. This is about to ask. Like, I mean, you saw Cloud Atlas, right? I, you know, I, I've seen some of it. Um, I guess I read so many bad things about it that I just never could get motivated. You know, it, it makes it tough because there's a movie that a lot of reasons I'd want to go see, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Wachowski siblings, Tom Hanks, the commercials for it, the trailers looked awesome, you know? Yeah. But you just heard so much bad stuff about yeah. it. Yeah. Like, right after it came out, so many people said it sucked, that now it's like, I mean, I might even like it. I might love it. It might be my favorite movie in the entire world, but I'll probably never see it just because I, I can't. And the minute it starts going south a little bit, like, my patience won't right. be there. And, so. and, and I bought the book after I heard all that, and of course, I haven't read the book either. But like you said, I mean, to a certain respect, the Wachowskis are still living on the Matrix. It's like, how long do you have after you win that national championship? Right. right? And like Brian Billick, you got seven years out of that Super Bowl ring, you right. know? So, you know, they, they need to do something that's that's right. good. Yeah. <laughs> they need to do something good. They need to do something that doesn't suck. Yes. So yeah. uh, hopefully this will be Because a- even, like, you really think about it, they're really riding on, I mean, I'll be generous to say the first two Matrix movies. The second was good. The second was still decent, right? Not as good as the first. The first one, obviously, is a classic. Right. One of, one of the best science fiction movies I've ever seen. And they've been pretty much riding the coattails. The second one was not quite as good, but still pretty good. third one was freaking horrible. And pretty much everything else yeah, has since been, then has yeah. been pretty freaking horrible. Yeah. yeah. Now, and, speaking uh, of The Matrix, in the continuum finale, the scene when Travis, Garza, Kira go into the building- they're all in black. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Travis is rocking the Morpheus jacket. Yeah. And it just was yeah. really bad. Was cool. I mean, he's in the front. The two of them are flanking him slightly behind. Yeah. Oh, just That was cool. Yeah. I mean, certainly a Matrix illusion. All right. Well, anyway, enough uh, about all this other stuff. Uh, we're here to talk about Birds of Prey, Episode 8, Lady Shiva, Teleplay, Adam Armas, Kay Foster once again. Story, Adam Horowitz, Edward Kitsis, and it aired on November 27th, 2002. Uh, I wonder if that was the night after Thanksgiving. Should have gone back and looked at that. Um, Sung Hai Lee played Lady Shiva, and she also appeared as Trisha Tanaka in Lost. Uh, the episode Trisha Tanaka is Dead, Season 3, Episode 10. Um, I remember the episode, and I, I remember yeah, her in I, it. I don't, I don't. Uh, season three was kind of like the the lost season, no pun intended. Was it, that the it, one that was like only eight episodes? Well, no, no, no. It was, uh, it was a full season, but the problem was they had not been renewed. They really didn't know. They were kind of treading water. I mean, even when you when you uh, read things that uh, Damon Lindelof has said about it, they, they didn't really know. And then towards the end, they got the, the, the three-season renewal – and then they kicked it into high gear. And then, of course, you know, you, the, the end of season three was the Bearded Jack episode there at the end when we realized that uh, oh, right, yeah. that some of them got off the island. Anyway, um, I don't know about you, but I thought this was the strongest episode that we've seen so far. This, this was a good one. This was a good one. And, you know, had 
marrying kind of like the human drama and the themes behind it and then also the action, like some really good action sequences too. I mean, you talk about Matrix influences. I mean, it's all over Birds of Prey. Yeah, you yeah, know, sure. It's like you can't escape it and everything, but yeah, it was, it was a good one. Yeah, so we don't really see very many flashbacks in this Should we start with Project X before we go on? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I always do I recognize this, don't the I? symptoms. Yeah, I yeah. Was like, I, oh, he, I was... he started. Uh, you like, know what we need? Not just small talk. We need a little sign that just has an X on it, and you can hold okay. it up. Well, just saying, it's right there in the show notes. Like as as oh, you don't even oh, you do have it in front of you. Do you have it in front of you? Well, no, I printed them before oh. you added them. Oh, in there. I know. okay. I know. You're old school man. Paper. What I, is that stuff? I'm I'm obsessed with doing it this way. <laughs> oh well, nice tie in there. there you go. All right, because so. what we're going to talk about briefly. I won't take up too much of your time, is because obsession is such a huge uh, theme of this episode. Uh, Shiva's, you know, obsessed. Uh, Barbara is obsessed. All these people are obsessed. So I kind of looked into it. I was wondering, like, obsession, because, you know, like, OCD, everyone knows about OCD. You think about, like, someone who, like, has to wash their hands all the time. And there's all kinds of other examples of OCD. But basically, obsession is when you can really focus on one thing. Like, a person who has obsessive-compulsive disorder who... You know, about like washing hands, like that's all that, like they're just focused on that. It's all they can think about. Like every time they touch a doorknob, oh, I gotta go wash my hands and things like that. Um, so obsession is really just kind of focusing on one thing. So there's another part of this, the obsessive compulsive personality disorder, which is OCPD, um, which is, I think, I don't think really either of our main characters here are suffering from it per se, as far as like, as really being a disorder, I think maybe they have it in, in mild degrees, especially Barbara. You really see uh, a lot of the symptoms of OCPD. Um, so OCPD is basically, you would probably not really necessarily distinguish it from very strong goal-oriented people. You know, OCPD is like you're obsessed about one thing and you're striving towards that. Um, and a lot, we would, a lot of people would call that goal-directed behavior, but it becomes a disorder when it really becomes you're unable to kind of focus on other parts of your life. And this is why um, maybe like OCPD could make you a very successful person, but also maybe not have a very successful personal life outside of it because you're just OCPD uh, people tend to be really very focused, especially on their work. It usually is when they just they have very rigid routines. They become upset if anything interferes with their routines. Um, they think that their feelings are more appropriate than others and that when, you know, you couldn't tell them. You'd be, it'd be difficult for these people to get into therapy ever because you really would have a hard time telling them that there's something wrong. They would think, no, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm just really focused. You know, I'm just, I know what I want. You don't, you're the, you're the one that has the problem because you don't know what you want, right? Um, like they're perfectionists, right? They interfere with other people. They are overdevoted to work. They're, they can't throw things away. Uh, they have lack of flexibility, sometimes lack of generosity. Um, they are want, they don't want other people to do things or anything like that. They kind of take over projects and things like that. Hard to show affection, uh, obviously, as we said, because they're too focused on you know the task or getting ahead or whatever. And uh, you know, obviously, preoccupied with like details and rules and lists and everything sometimes. So it is it is treated except like like I said, most people who have OCPD, you don't think they're they're sick. Like they wouldn't think that they have any kind of disorder. Um, they, they probably would have difficulty stepping outside themselves enough to analyze their own behavior and see it as problematic. You know, one thing about it, though is that what it doesn't lead to are like so many other uh, disorders where 
like drug and alcohol abuse are tied into it or depression. Sometimes, well, sometimes a little bit of depression, but really, you know, like where most of the things like psychological disorders, uh, people try to deal with it by med- self-medication, uh, OCPD people do not, right? In fact, they would see that as a distraction, so they don't mess with that at all. Therefore, again, they would say, what's the problem? I'm not doing drugs. I'm not drinking too much. I'm just, I work a lot. What's wrong with that, you know? So is Barbara suffering from OCPD? We'll talk about it later. I mean, she's certainly obsessed. Uh, she's, sometimes she is over-obsessed with rules, I think, and she's a little stringent with that. Uh, but I don't think she's that bad. I think she's probably all right. So I had top five songs about obsession. And these are not necessarily top five. They're just five I could think of. So number five, you probably might not have heard of this one. It's uh, Paint a Vulgar Picture by The Smiths. I have not. I've heard of the Smiths, though. Yeah. All right. That's good. I might have heard the song if I, you know. It's not necessarily one of the more popular ones. It's on their last album, Strange Ways, Here They Come. Or Here We Come. Yeah. uh, Strange Ways album. But uh, it's it's a really good, and basically it's about, uh, you know, a kid who's kind of obsessed with a pop star and wants to become him and kind of follows him around. and, And it's a little weird. Next one, I posted the video for this one, Obsession by Animotion. Um. Yeah. And I played that, and pretty much then Mary's dancing around the kitchen, and uh, <laughs> oh man, I mean, come on, we're you know, we, it, were you even alive in the eighties? Yeah, okay, yeah, I was like, right. I was like fifty, dude. All right, okay. when I that know. that video came out, that like sparked the like I like I look at it now, and I think, okay, the the lady in there, she's attractive, she's sure. not that great. When I was fifteen. She was like the hottest woman on the face of the earth, I yeah. think, in animation. I see her now, like, uh, oh, uh, yeah. Nah, it's a good song. No, no but, question. Yeah, it's a yeah. good song. It definitely, and the the sexual overtones in it drove my, uh, um, the what, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, teenage mind. Teenage <laughs> <laughs> just blew me away, man. Like, I was just like, ah, oh. all right. Anyway, um, next one. Again, another band whose lead singer is fairly attractive, but as a teenager, I thought she was like the most beautiful woman in the world, was The Human Leagues, Don't You Want Me Baby. Oh, yeah. That's a good song, right? Oh, yeah. And again, the guy's like, uh, you know. Don't you want me, baby. Nice, Dave. Don't. Yeah, oh, sorry. Oh, you're going to do that? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, guy's like, hey, I, I found you. You were you working at a cocktail bar, and I, and I made you a big star, and now you're going to you're, you're gonna turn me out? You're kicking me to the curb? What's, you know? Yeah. And, you know, uh, you, know, you better take it back, but we will both be sorry. Don't you want me, baby? So anyway, um, but yeah, another obsession. This one, I thought this is this is my 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 the best one. I think I came up because my number one is the one everyone knows about. But okay. this one, I said, ha ha, you're not going to see this one coming. But Alanis Morissette's "You Ought to Know," oh. right? And because in there, she's just like totally. Yeah. Obsessed going. with getting revenge, or right? Getting, you know. Right now, do you know who the guy is? She wrote that um, about. It's somebody that's well known, but I don't remember. Yeah, so on um, that movie, that show, John Stamos, <laughs> the the twins, Full House. Yes. So the brother who was like the funny guy who made the voices oh. and did the Popeye. Yeah, that's the dude. Really. That's the dude that you ought to know is about. Oh. I can't remember his name. I'm disappointed. Yeah, I know. You like they Not Bob Saget. No, not no, Bob not Saget. Um, but the, it was- the Uncle Jesse? No, not John Stamos. No. Uh, I'm the sorry. Oh, the, the blonde guy. Yeah, like yeah. the guy with the blonde kind of curly hair. You know? Really? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that's a dude. Was he a Canadian he's child a, yeah, actor? He's Canadian. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So they were probably on that show. Uh, they might have been. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah. so yeah. Um, but I, you know, I just watched the video for that, and I thought, man, this, first of all, what a great song. Secondly, the video they never really show Alanis's like face. Like they just show her, like her hair is all in her face the whole time and everything and everything. It's just it's it's weird. Um, and the number one, which is a beautiful song. It's maybe one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard in pop music, but the lyrics are completely about obsession, which is Every Breath You Take by the Police. Oh, okay. You know, and like people like say, well, now you did people... all right with this list. Yeah, see, it's a good list, huh? Yeah. Um, yeah, and like everyone says like, well, people don't know that Every Breath You Take is about obsession. Like everyone knows Every Breath You Take is about obsession, okay? We just, it's still a very nice song. People do play at their weddings and dance to it, and maybe they don't really under, think about the meaning. It's just like, I'll be watching. Whatever you do, yeah. I'll be watching you, honey, so don't divorce me because yeah. I'll stalk the shit out of you. Yeah. You know, like, uh, uh, anyway. All right, so I went with then the top five movies about obsession. Uh, I know this Project X has taken longer okay. than you thought, but this is good. You're going to like this one because some of them are ones that, you know, are like they're not necessarily, they're, none of them actually are new movies. Number five. Which actually, I might put it number one. I think about because it's such an awesome movie, The Searchers. I don't know it. What? I know. No way. John Wayne? I don't think so. Dude. Omg. I was just having this conversation with Mary the other day. I'm not a big John Wayne fan. I know, but this is like John Ford. This is John Ford's masterpiece, dude. All right. Um, who the uh uh uh, Dorothy um, Nally Wood is the the little girl. John Wayne's her uncle. Her family, Nally Wood's family, is attacked and killed, and the, these uh, Native Americans take her away. Okay. So this is years later. She was a child when this happened. Now she's like 14, 15, something like that. I can't remember why, but John Wayne decides he's going to go find me. I think someone saw, they, like, they thought she was dead, but someone saw her, and now they realize she's alive. So John Wayne, who was in the Civil War, comes back, and he's going to, uh, he's going to find his niece, and... As as it goes, and he and he's obsessed with finding her. Like he just goes through all this. Oh my god, it's the best movie, dude! Right. You have to watch it. It is so good. It's so good. But John Wayne uh, plays this guy who's just completely obsessed with it. And you think he's gonna? And part of the plan is if if she's gone engine, he's gonna kill her. Okay, he's gonna kill his own niece. Okay, and you know? I'm sure she has. The what? I'm sure he has. Well, no. I'm, okay, I'm, I'm, don't I'm tell just, me. All right, I just, I, I right. just, I, I won't release. But you know, that's part of it. Is that you know, of his just complete one track mind. Uh, it's great. Okay, number four. You had to have seen this one. Rear window. I have. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. This is a classic. You had to see that. So, um, yeah, Jimmy Stewart got a, his leg all in the cast and everything. And so, and how many times have other TV shows and movies kind of played off of this thing of the guy who th- they actually castle this past season did an episode like a rear window episode uh-huh. where Nathan Fillion is confined and, and he's looking down and he sees, um, or he like sees what, what, he, he thinks what he thinks he sees yeah. is a murder and he becomes yeah. obsessed with it and everything. So, all right, next one, uh, the cable guy. You ever see the cable guy? Sadly, I have. Yes. <laughs> Jim Carrey, Matthew Broderick. Yes. Right. Um, yeah. Hilarious. I love Jim Carrey is a classic. Right. Great. Okay. Number two, I know you've seen this one. Fatal attraction. Yes. Yes. Every guy cringes a little bit. Oh, and I can remember it's like every husband should be required to watch this movie. I'm like, really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's. That's good for a marriage. Preventative. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. 
Uh, but it is, one which is open. actually one, one thing about like Breaking Bad is this whole unintended consequences, right? Sure. That what you do is does not happen in a vacuum. And, and Walter sees that on a grand scale. As we said at the end of season two, he, he comes this inc- incredible realization like that things you do can have really unbelievable consequences pass. And, and certainly Fatal Attraction is a guy who just, yeah, it's just having you know one night stand with this chick, and all of a sudden it goes you know badly wrong. All right. So what do you got at number one? Number one is a movie I guarantee you have not heard of, but if you want to be scarred for life, watch this movie, and it is The Vanishing. Now I'm not talking about the Kiefer Sutherland version, the Hollywood version, the original Dutch version. Um, I this movie, the end of this movie, will never leave my brain. Like I just, it is unbelievable but basically it's this thing where this guy and his girlfriend are going on a car trip and they stop at a, a rest stop he goes to the bathroom he comes back she's gone just oh. gone there's no sign of her no sign of struggle there's no blood there's no nothing she's just gone and so he spends like the next three years trying to find out what's happened to her and the thing the kicker is like he wasn't really that into this girl. Like at the time, they, like he was like kind of like thinking about breaking up with her and everything. But the minute she disappears, he just becomes obsessed with finding out what happened to her. And uh, it's uh, just an unbelievable movie. And like I said, the ending of this movie, it just blows you away. I, I can't even talk about it, but it is, it is unbelievable. And it is, it's like not like good blow you away. It's like disturbing blow you away yeah. and everything. So um, fantastic. Great, great movie. Probably the best movie I've ever seen about just single mind obsession. A guy who absolutely has to know no matter what, um, he has to know w- the truth. He has to know what happened um, and he's willing to do anything to find out. Okay. Wow. So that is my Project X on obsession. All you see, right. I probably obsessed a little bit with this one. Um, yeah, and and <laughs> but I mean, at first, I think when you look at this episode, that I mean, certainly Barbara is obsessive. I mean, maybe not to that degree, but but also Lady Shiva is is obsessed with getting revenge yep. for something that she caused. I mean, I mean, let's look at the situation. Kind of, that girl did throw the little. Oh, okay, but okay, let's back up for a second. Right. We'll, we'll pick that up. All right, so so we see a flashback, New Gotham City, eight years ago, and we see, which was nice to see Barbara as Batgirl, you know, yeah, that fighting. Was cool. Now I'm not sure what was up with the Nietzschean bone blades on her uh, <laughs> Batgirl suit. That was pretty hideous, but uh, <laughs> but she's fighting Lady Shiva. Uh, another masked superhero and you know look i guess we assume lady shiva's evil because batgirl's supposed to be good and you know she's got the bag of money and lady shiva tells her not here and batgirl responds that you don't get to say where i'll bring you down and you know yeah of course you're the bad guy so why does Batgirl feel all this guilt all these years later? Okay, I get it because the little sister died in the building. Right. But but at the end of the day, Lady Shiva stole the money and got caught. Right. And you know, she and, threw the right. first star. Right. Right? Yes. Batgirl didn't. But but that's like people who who can't deal with their own guilt when they feel they're responsible for something terrible happening, oftentimes they don't internalize it but they look outward and they try to, oh well it's this other person's fault 
And so clearly Batgirl is the easy target for her to blame. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, I mean, she's if she 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 wants to blame someone, she should go no further, right? Right. And uh, look, we don't know their whole story. I mean, we we learn that apparently she lives with her little sister. We assume there are no parents, but you know, we don't really know. We don't even find it out later. But either way. Yeah. So, all right. So then we come back to the present day and we've got Barbara and Dinah in a bar discussing whether or not Dinah's going to go to the high school dance. Which, with Interpol playing in the background. With Interpol playing in the background, which I did not know. But um, it's, Helena. It's track sh- one from their first album. Okay. Right? Well, Helena shows up shortly thereafter and she's going to meet a high school friend. And right, you know, one of the things about this episode is that that you know we we and we've seen little snippets of the human side of all these characters, but we saw more of it in this one, and and I think that's one of the reasons I liked it so much. Yeah, like you said, it had good fight scenes, but we we got to see Dinah as a sixteen year old high school girl agonizing over whether to go to the dance because and and for her, I, I get I get that she might think they're lame compared to what she's used to doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. True. And, and you know, like no one really likes dances, you know, like they're, they're uh, stressful. I think the they're, girls do. Well, they, they probably do, but it's still like stressful, the whole thing. Like, and everyone remembers being a teenager and like saying, oh, I'm going to ask this girl to dance or the whole politics. Like, I mean, like, you know, homecoming times, just not, not homecoming. Well, well yes, homecoming now, but you know, well, when I was homecoming is just a prepa- preparation for prom. For prom, exactly. Yes. It's trial it's just, run, right? It's and the underclassmen get to participate in everything. But I mean, we've seen. I mean, we're both teachers. We've seen like the ludicrous thing these kids do. This I I know this is kind of tangential, but the, the worst thing ever was um, this lovely girl that that I taught um, had actually gotten a pizza and she had like ordered it and had him like put prom and pepperonis on it and everything. And she, uh, she like, there's a kid in her class. She gave it to him and he opened it up and saw, and he said, no. And I'm like, Oh, I just want like, it's almost like you just want to go find this little twerp and punch him in the head. I, I don't care if you don't want to go there, you little asshole. You know, like, do you see the effort she went through with that? Do you know how much, you know? And, uh, I just like, Oh, my heart was bleeding for her, man. But, uh, but yeah, so, it is stupid. Yeah, yeah. It is stupid. But, you know, it's tough to see that when you're you're in the game, I guess. Right. So, you know, then, again, the the, the most hardened of the three is, of course, a Huntress. And she's there to meet her friend who she hasn't seen in eight years. Uh, I wonder if I'll even recognize her. And then all of a sudden, you, she just like, you see, it's like she lights up sandy and they go and they hug each other and it's and again it's i'm I'm sure we all have friends like that that we don't see for long periods and then it's like no time elapsed right but do we go see them with like the sweater with a big hole cut does she own nothing that doesn't show off cleavage is basically my question Mm, i hope not (laughs) (laughs) i'm just Uh, saying uh, yeah like i'm not sure if like that was what it's just like you have like the little collar and then, like the big hole cut above the chest, and it's right. just like, like I think everything she has has that like hole cut into right. it. Right, and and and, and I've it, never. I'm just. I'm. No, I'm noticing that because I don't know if I've really seen that as a style. Otherwise, I don't know if I've actually seen that type of shirt in the real world. Well, this is 2002. Remember, um, but I was alive back then. Good too. point. I don't. <laughs> well, anyway, um, the other interesting thing, and and it, and it reminds you that 
while this is a genre show, it's a show that doesn't take itself ultra seriously. And that's the when Sandy comes in and we get a shot of her cleavage, so to speak, but it's really so that we see the medallion she's wearing. Right. As opposed to, you know, say say another show that's a, a genre show that you'd be able to see it, but you almost, it's like, well, wait a minute, let me go pause that. Oh, okay, that's what that is, right? But here it's like, no. Listen, don't worry about hitting the pause button. We'll right. make it obvious. Yes. Okay. So. Because they, when Shiva, quote unquote, died, they showed it with the necklace, right? Right. Okay. That's what I thought. Obviously, again, too lazy to go back and see, but uh, I yeah. thought it was like, oh, is she Shiva? Oh, yeah, there's the necklace. Okay, she's Shiva. Got it. So, you know, you, you talked about obsession and, and led in with that, and that's perfect. And, and you know, the, the theme of guilt is, is obviously rampant through this episode, mostly on Barbara's part. But, again, psychologically, it's probably part of Lady Shiva's motivation for getting revenge. I mean, that ultimately she has to know it was her fault. Right. And, but like you said, but, not going to well, blame her, has well, got to blame somebody else. It's whether you know or, or, or know, right? You know, like she might kind of understand on a clinical level that she had some complicity in it, but she doesn't feel it. Yeah. What she feels is the obsession that it's Batgirl's fault. And, she, and, and that's the thing about obsession that we talked about is that you're unable to, to see out, you can't step outside of yourself. Right. You can't self analyze. All you can do is you can see, the thing that you're infatuated with, right? You know? Right. Um, and so, there there is no that aspect of self analysis is, is not is non existent, right? And then what also comes out of it is this whole the feelings of remorse that Barbara feels the the need to make amends, and that even kind of comes up with Dinah in in this episode, and that you know to a certain extent it's kind of a cautionary tale for Dinah and Helena in that. Yeah, you know, there's certain things you can do, certain things you can't do. In fact, uh, Barbara, when she's reminiscing um, with, uh, I think it was with with uh, Alfred, Alfred, right? And you know, oh, back when you know we we ruled Gotham City, and 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 you got the idea that they basically just did whatever they thought was right, whether or not it was. You know, I mean, he certainly tried to. Um, I guess assuage her feelings of guilt somewhat, but but he but, also says, "But like the suit no longer fits, right?" Yeah, like right. basically saying you're too fat. No, uh, yeah. he, that that you're not that person anymore, right? Right, and right. You, right. It has nothing on. to do with the fact that she's in a wheelchair, right? Yeah. Right. It just means that you're not that person, and and you're right that she was reckless, yep. back then. As like, and who's not in their youth, especially if you're like if 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 yeah, you're you young even, and you're someone who is like a Batgirl or something like that. You right. know, you- but you can even argue in this particular situation, was she reckless? I mean, she, in a fight, she threw, Lady Shiva threw the first star. She just responded. I mean, it just happened. Look, I mean, it was a confluence of events. I mean, it hit this, then it bounced off that, then right. it hit the, you know, the gas pipe and, you know, it is what it is. But I, I, um, Well, I think just like anything, I mean, like there's so many like, like moments, like, like, you know, it's just like that. Like you can swerve one way and you live the other way and you're in a horrible wreck. You know, it's just like, it can go like that. And so, and you can never take it back. And I think she just sees it as one of those moments that's something like if she could take back that throwing star, she would because yeah. someone died. She didn't intend to kill anyone. Um, and though even though she thought it was the bad guy who had died, but still she obviously had felt guilt uh, about that and 
it, you know, we just say that's a moment she would probably like to take. Right. Back. And, and is it Helena that that asks? Uh, so what? Or, or it might have been, actually it might have been Dinah. So what? Um, in the course of fighting crime, nobody ever dies. Right? And right. and she, you know, of course says, well, you know, sometimes things happen. Uh, all right. So we've got a little procedural going on. Not a lot. We don't see a lot of Jesse in this episode. And, no. Uh, which you know I, I like him, but we we at least didn't have to deal with you know the little sexual banter i like you you like me but we're not going to do anything about it so we didn't have to deal with that but it it really is just laying the groundwork for the fact that lady shiva has changed right she apparently was a thief now she's an assassin right which is funny because you know barbara's like it can't be lady shiva like she's a thief right not a killer and she's dead. And I like the, the last thing she said, and she's dead. Like, I probably would have led in with that one. Like, it can't be Lady Shiva because Lady Shiva's dead. Right. Not like- I don't need the other stuff. Yeah, right, <laughs> exactly. Right, right. This isn't like her. Oh, and she's dead. Right. Now, we also hear the other uh, thing that we've talked about before, that uh, what these people, they keep telling the story. There was a guy, a vigilante that roamed Gotham City, yeah. dressed as a bat. It's and- ludicrous, right? right? Isn't it? Like, yeah. it's just like, nah, get out of here. Yeah. Like, it wasn't just like eight years ago, right? Like, yeah. Batman, it was like, it's not ancient history, dude. It just, it was like eight years ago. It, it was real. Um, you can ask anyone. There's loads of people who are around eight years ago and they probably all say, right. yes, And, and Reese, I, I think reasonably so, thinks that, well, has he returned? I mean, look, this is this throwing star has a bat on it, right? Um, and Helena, of course, you know, knows the truth. Uh, although, look, I mean, Batman's alive; he's just, you know, he's drunk somewhere, tired, and, and, or yeah. yeah, something doing, yeah. something going, find himself taking a little blue flower to the top of a mountain in Tibet, right? And and you know, you know she, what I'm talking about there. I you don't. haven't seen that movie. I don't, but uh, the. Oh, she gets the picture of the throwing star, and and Barbara says, "Now nah, he wouldn't come back like this." And you know, we assume it's Lady Shiva. I mean, I think we knew that anyway. Um, and so that you know, it, in the big picture, the the procedural is really kind of yeah nothing not, in this not, episode. Not really right? it, it's more about the the human drama and, and everything. I think more than the procedural, which is great. I think that's a big reason why, you know, at least why I liked it. Right. And, you know, once we learn that Sandy is Lady Shiva, you know, we're wondering, okay, well, at what point is the big reveal going to come and how is it going to work itself out, right? And and I, I like the way they did it. You know, the, Sandy tells her that she's a headhunter and she's in New Gotham City for a project. Uh, things go as planned. She may stick around. Well, what does that mean? So yeah. what if I kill Batgirl? I, yeah, maybe I'll stick around and, and institute a reign of terror. Or I was something gonna like. say, right, wreak, wreak <laughs> havoc, and um, you know, well, I can I can thieve a little bit amidst the. Uh, well, I, mean, I guess if she can thieve at will, she doesn't need to uh, become an assassin. True. She apparently didn't know that Catwoman was dead, right? Because she asks about her mother. But did she know that her mother was Catwoman? Well, no, no. Uh, well, right, right, right. So, uh, so she didn't know that her mother was dead, right? Which uh, I mean, that, right, that kind right. of reminds, like you know, even I, I'm just starting to get to be an age where when you see people you haven't seen in a while, that question becomes kind of awkward, right? Yeah, like, sure. How are your parents doing? Oh, they're both dead. Oh, sorry about that. You know, like, um, 
So, but they're young, right? So that's really, you know, they're, they're in their 20s. So in your 20s, you don't worry about asking that question. Right. Yeah, right, right. So, um, you know, talking about at, at some, they're at the club and the three girls are really having a good time and totally removed from the pressures of crime fighting. And we're wondering who knows what about who. And, you know, at, at first we're thinking, I mean, look, we've talked before about Huntress going into battle with her face uncovered. And, right. and that at some point that's going to come back to haunt you. And uh, obviously in this case, you know, it happens first with her, right? Right. Um, and Shiva asks Helen if she ever wondered what it would be like if her mother were still alive. So then you start thinking, does she know? And, and uh, like you said, I guess we don't have any evidence that, her, that Shiva knew that her mother was Catwoman. Little things like you lose someone and it changes you. Well, we get it. You know, we, we, didn't, we didn't need that. Um, and then uh, when Shiva comes to the bar and asks her about whether or not she thinks about revenge. So I guess what well, she's just trying to, you know, at that point she, must, she knows who Helena really is. Right. And right. That, and yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that uh, now she's just, I don't know why she's just trying to feel her out. She's just trying to uh, perhaps uh, justify what it is she's going to do to Barbara. Yeah. Or just, yeah. I don't, you know, maybe, yeah. Maybe I, I kind of feel like the feeling her out type thing, you know, just like this idea of feeling kind of betrayed again, because she's unable to step outside of herself yeah. and, and realize my friend has nothing to do with this. Right. You know, my friend had nothing to do with my sister's death. Um, but still my friend is connected to the woman who caused my sister's death. So I'm kind of hating my friend right now. Right. You know? And, and, you know, Barbara, I guess on the one hand, you got to admire her for wanting to face lady Shiva one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, Alfred suggests, well, perhaps, you know, Miss Helena, no, no, this is my fight. And, We've seen before that she's got that little electro, electro that, thing. That, that's what I was trying to remember. What uh, that might have been episode one. They just mentioned that right. there's something with that where she thought they're like, "Can you use this to walk?" She's like, "Maybe." And you know, the minute they said that, we know, okay, well, it's definitely going to happen. So. Right, and we learned that that she can use it limited time, and right. that and that it does cause damage or pain or or whatever. There are negative repercussions to using it, but. But she wants to face her standing. That right. uh, I, I assume, so that Lady Shiva does whatever it is she's going to do. That you know, if she faces her in a wheelchair, then, gosh, I mean, even the most hardened <laughs> criminals could have a hard time. Yeah. yeah. So you you know, on the one hand, you got to admire her for that for for sure. You yeah, know? definitely. And you know, there's like the I didn't come here to fight you. It's like well. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, you're lucky to be standing right now. Come on. Like, but, uh, um, but yeah, yeah. And again, that, I think that's part of, you know, Barbara's obsessing over her guilt and everything is kind of, um, you know, she's again not going to let anyone, as you said, not going to let anyone else do her thing. She, you know, she's got to work this to herself. Yeah. And, and, you know, the scene where we first see her in the, in the, I mean, what is it? She's got like one big room devoted to the, yeah. Oh, the relics of the past. Yeah, the relics like, of the past. And, and uh, Al Alfred's got a great line. You know, he says, a, a good butler does not eavesdrop. He overhears discreetly. Right. Yeah. yeah and uh, uh, but, but again, he helps her kind of talk through you know, the whole thing. And, and he, 
recognizes what is bothering her. I mean, she re- he remembers Lady Shiva and tries to basically talk her out of it. But the bottom line is she's got to come to terms with what happened. And she's got to come to terms with the fact that on the one hand, yes, it was her fault. She threw the star that bounced off this and hit that and then bounced oh, Fine. But at the end of the day, it was an accident. Right. But, you know, because she didn't intend for that to happen doesn't absolve her, right? Well, well I mean, that's what she feels. And, and, but you're right. There's, but it should. At least, right. Well, there, there's at least some kind of coming to terms with, as you said, that, that she's able to do and Shiva is, is not able to. Yeah. And, and she won't let anybody help her which I get, you know, I guess she looks at it like, I don't want anybody else to get hurt. I don't want Dinah to get hurt. I don't want Helena to get hurt. This is my battle. So I get that, but I don't know. You know, on the one hand, it's it's almost like, I mean, we're all in situations, whether it's with, uh, you know, with your kids, with with our spouses, where um, sometimes it's just, it it, it would be easier for us to just do whatever it is, but you know, they want to do it for you. So you let them. Right, right, and yeah. and 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 here it's it's. I think it really they they really need to be able to help her, but she won't let them. Right, exactly. Well, I, I got into that today with me. my daughter and I were making guacamole, <laughs> and I said, "All right, I should be the one to put the hots in, not her." But she did, and she put in three huge heaping chunks. So now we have very very spicy guacamole. Okay. But she feels like she did it herself, though, so which is good. All right, why don't we talk about Dinah for a second? Because you know it's easy to overlook Dinah in this episode because it's really all about teenage—I don't want to say teenage angst because it's you know that kind of overstates it. But but really, her adjusting to teenage life and and it's it's she likes this boy. She's got a right. crush on him in her biology class. Yeah, and the the big thing is she uses her powers to get right. the boy to like her. Right, which she must. Yeah, I mean, she knows that's that's sketchy. You know. Well, I, I mean, clearly she figures it out, and and it doesn't take her very long. And 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 again, she has has remorse over having done it, and and admits what she did, and then sets about rectifying it. But which is kind of makes her different than the other characters in here that she's able to, you know, apologize and kind right, of set right. It now, right. I guess to be fair, uh, Barbara does try to apologize. Shiva just doesn't want to hear it. Yeah. But, True. but I mean, it was pretty cool. I did, I did like the whole, you know, Dinah, you know, in the high school biology class, you know, staring at the, you know, the boy across the room, you know, her girlfriend says, you know, go, you know, go for it. Um, and then she touches his arm and it's like, oh, okay. Ah, we uh, know what's going to happen yeah, now. Yeah. Oh, you like the mighty Toms too. Nobody ever heard of them. <laughs> um, tickets to the Knights game. Yeah, of course. But. Again, it, it's well. First of all, she, it should have been a tip off that he got her name wrong like two seconds after she told him. Right, that's that's problematic. But you know, it's it's you know, kids. You know, that's actually, I think, not too far removed from what most of us kind of went through a little bit. You know, everyone, you fancy someone and you you're trying to look for ways. And in television, there's always extravagant ways of. You know, saying, you know, oh, what do they like and all this stuff. Whereas most of the time, it's just a matter of having the courage to go up to the person and say, hey, you want to go out sometime? You know? Sure. Television always kind of like, you know, makes it more dramatic and characters go to extremes. At least they when don't have really, any freshmen being stuffed into lockers. Exactly. Right? I mean, you're a good looking girl. 
just go up. He's a guy. Go up and say, hey, you want to go out sometime? More like he's going to say yes. Well, you know, the other interesting thing, you said good-looking girl. I mean, uh, look, I mean, we know Rachel Scarston's attractive. Um, and we've seen her in the in the show up to this point as, I don't know, almost like the, the naive, wide-eyed 16-year-old, almost, you know, straight off the farm, which it sounds like she actually probably was. <laughs> Literally. Um, but then the scene after she does all this – then she walks into class the next day, and she's got the sexy dress on, and the hair's flowing, and it's the you know the camera work and and the music, which I don't know what the name of the song was, but it was perfect. Right, and it's like, wow, you look great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she yeah, did you know, you know, this whole thing. Yeah, right, like, uh, but she knows that's not her. Right, which you know, is why when I saw it, I'm like, "Come on!" Diana, right, and, you know? and but then she goes back to Barbara, and you after that, and and she she knows, and and she says, "Reading a guy's mind to get him to like you, is like the lowest form of metahuman existence." And while she's right, I mean, she's probably being a little bit too hard, uh, a little bit of uh, dating the episode when she explains to him, and I thought it was a good cover. Oh, I looked at your PDA. No, kids today, it's like, what's a PDA? Yeah, I was saying that. <laughs> yeah, well, you remember PDAs. Not I never really. actually had one. But... Public displays of affection? Yeah, well, all that too. But uh, <laughs> anyway. What was it? Was that like like Facebook kind of like? What? PDAs. Like, I literally don't know really what that was. No, you're kidding. No. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, a PDA was the precursor of a smartphone. It just it didn't make a phone call. So it's like a, a personal desk assistant or what i think that's what it stood for oh and have i like can't a, remember those you'd things. like have a calendar yeah, and i mean i never don't you remember one. those little things we, I, we no, had I can't, uh, I can't what were they called though you know the uh, yeah, 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 yeah 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 whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. they were I, I mean i never had one like okay. i don't even think i had a cell phone well they issued well, I probably me one, had but i never phone. actually used it but anyway it might surprise you to know that i'm like kind of a little slow on on getting into technology and everything so says the guy with a smartphone to the guy with a flip phone. I don't. I don't have a smartphone. You don't. No. People laugh at my phone. I just had people laughing at my phone recently. Oh, your phone. Oh, all right. Anyway, <laughs> um, but but I mean, the difference is that she recognizes it right away, and, and and she basically confesses to Barbara what she's done, and then she goes to make amends. Right. I mean, she admits to him. Well, well, sort of admits. I mean, she doesn't tell him. <laughs> right. Like, I, I read your mind because I'm clairvoyant. <laughs> yeah. That but, probably would have really freaked him out. Right. And it, it, it's fine. Uh, I, thought, fine. I thought that was very nicely played how she did that. Yeah, like, absolutely. That was, that was slick. That was, she came up with uh, the excuse of why she knew all these things. But uh, yep. Yeah. So she's at the dance. We don't actually get to see her dance, but uh, we do get to see her fight. At the dance. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Shiva apparently. Was it really that, you know, like Shiva, okay, so you come up with this plan to become a super criminal or whatever. And so you go, all right, I need a costume. All right, well, I'm going to make it black leather. Okay, I got you there. Yeah. All right, black check, leather. Check. Nice, sturdy material. Kind of looks intimidating. Um, the high heels? Like, really? Like, <laughs> And I, <laughs> like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna need like, oh, I need these killer pumps. These have to be part of the costume. Come on, it's look. Like, really? I mean, if Scully could run from aliens in high heels, I mean, come on. All right. So, uh, um, well, anyway, obviously, leaving the dance, Dinah encounters Shiva, who's decided to kill her as retribution. Helena shows up, and and you know, it's it's. Uh, 
you know, that recognition. And then all of a sudden out of the blue in her wheelchair kicking ass yeah. is Barbara. Right. How awesome was that? Uh, that was, that was, that was sweet. That was cool. Go ahead, do it. Kill me. Shiva tells her. And you know, so they spare her life because that's what they do. They, they right. don't kill. They're, yeah. Obviously they're not going to kill her. Don't be stupid. And we're not going to kill you. So we're going to mock you. Yeah. So then uh, later when, when the conversation about what happened to the dance, uh, Dinah says to Gabby that I heard some teachers got over beveraged. Yeah. <laughs> uh, explaining the fight that took place. And uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, Matt forgives her and we wonder whether we will see those two together in we episodes well, then, nine then through 13. Little, the little twist then that her friend is, you know, like, because when, Matt gets mad at her at the dance. He goes and talks to her friend, right? right. Like, uh, and she's like, "No, I'm not." Yeah, you know, I thought that was like for. I mean, I'm trying to kind of remember, but I think yeah, you know, obviously, probably the last five years have seen really a lot of progression as far as um, societal attitudes towards uh, homosexuality mm-hmm. that pr- wasn't probably so bad in O2, but I think. I think this is, that, that's probably pretty progressive, though. Yeah, I mean, we're we're looking at it with 2014 sensibilities, right? Right. And, 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 and I'm trying to remember about O2. I, I mean, I'm I'm sure that the the I2 was not as nowhere near like what right. it is today. Sure. And I think at the time, I think it probably would have been seen as something fairly progressive as having a character on a show, a high school student. Right, admit to being homosexual. Right, and and again, yeah, that's that's really an interesting point. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what was being written about this episode. But as I'm sure you've known, we try to find stuff yeah. about the show, and there's so little. There wasn't a lot of people writing. About yeah, it, a no. lot of lot of people writing about it. But but just even Dinah's reaction to it, it's like, oh wow, that's cool, you know? Right. So, yeah. Which is which I think which is like again like. It wasn't the dark. We expect ages. it now, right? Exactly, we expect it now. But I don't think so much back then. Yeah, in two thousand two. So. Um, yeah, I mean, look, we we pretty much trashed episode seven. I mean, um, it, it, you know, that was not a strong episode, and, and it was really good to see episode eight come back really strong. And and look, we've got five to go, and again, we're under no illusions. We don't know what the finale is going to be like. We don't know when the writers found out the show wasn't coming back. I'm right. guessing we're just going to be left hanging. I, I think there's probably going to be some kind of, yeah, like, yeah, like you said, like we're going to be leaving hanging. Because they might even thought they were going to get a full, you know, season. Like they're yeah. expecting the, like, I guess right. the back the, the back, the back nine. Yeah. Right. Would be uh, that they would have another like nine, 10 episodes yeah. after this. Um, so they, you know, they most likely were thinking this is just, you know, mid-season. And so not even thinking, like, we're not even have a season-ending kind of finale or cliffhanger or whatever. I'm sure there'll be a cliffhanger, but there's one that they probably assume is going to be resolved. Right. So, uh, yeah, so we'll take a look at episode nine uh, next time. And, and you know, even speaking about the, now we'll digress into something away from, um, from this, that, uh, you, you know, I read a, or I saw it, I haven't read it yet, that apparently the some of the revolution writers were talking in an article about what was planned for season three. Anyway, um, all right, anything else about... Uh, well, you know, I just, this this whole journey that, that Barbara's kind of going on here, um, everyone has stuff. You know, it's kind of like very resonant because everyone has stuff that they've done when they were young that 
they regret. And we all do. There's all stuff. Because when you're young, you don't. You're, you're not necessarily stupid per se, but you do stupid things. And you do insensitive things and uncaring things. And you don't think things through. You don't, and you don't think about the consequences, right? Sure. You know, there's young people. It's kind of like goes with the territory. They don't think about the consequences. They do things and they're not thinking about what might no, be No, they have result. no sense of mortality for right. one thing. Yeah. And, uh, and then you get older and you look back and you regret those things. But there's so much, like you said, there's only so much you can beat up yourself about stuff from your youth. You know, most of the stuff you didn't mean for it to happen. You didn't, you're not, it doesn't make you an evil person or a bad person. There's things you've done that you wish you hadn't done and now you're mature. That's exactly what you do. You wish you hadn't done them and so you don't do them again, right? And that's kind of part of growing up and everything. Right. And ironically, the only one that doesn't do it in this episode is Helena. Right. But she's not, yeah, you know, but she's still young. She's still making those impetuous unthinking mistakes so she must be 26 in the show eight yeah. it's been eight years since high school oh right yeah yeah right right oh i didn't think about doing the math there. yeah it's because you're an english guy yeah that's that's exactly why <laughs> so yeah that's that's all i got all right um well i guess we'll do episode nine next time and uh you know, I think maybe we'll we'll talk about what we've been watching. I think, you know, by next time, the you know, I mentioned to you I'm going to be podcasting Extant uh, with Michael in our time away from Continuum this summer, which is that show with Halle Berry where she's an astronaut. Has it started yet? It, July 9th. Okay. Um, so, yeah, next time we it may still may not have aired yet. But, uh, you know, we'll maybe talk a little bit about what we're watching in a little bit more detail. Yeah. And uh, the HBO show is coming up too, right? Um, the, oh, yeah. Um, the one with, what's yeah, his name? Yeah, well, <laughs> the guy with the head. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll actually have to write these things down so we can uh, yeah. remember them. So. Right. Uh, so the, is, you know, uh, this is so random, but if, if I don't say, I'll probably. But you know, so it's because all right. So I'm watching Breaking Bad now, and I've, I saw Under the Dome last season, right? Right. So when I see Hank in Breaking Bad, the brother-in-law, yeah, I think, hey, that's the guy from Under the Dome. When like you know, uh-huh. the whole rest of the universe was when they saw Under the Dome, it was like, hey, there's Hank from Breaking Bad. You know, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Well, I, I know this will be a bit of a spoiler, but I'm going to tell it anyway. One actor that will not be in Breaking Bad. And that is Roger Cross. Oh, oh, oh no. That's like the only show. <laughs> the only show in the world he's, ever, he's, he's not, not in. been in. So, all right, well, listen. But it's not a sci-fi show, though, yeah, too, Good so. point. Yeah, good point. All right, well, anyway, you can drop us a line at fatalistpodcast at gmail.com. Check out the website, fatalist.podbean.com. Uh, you can also leave us a voicemail there. Uh, Wayne's done a few things with Facebook. Put, uh, posted some cool videos yep. um, that uh, will take you back to the 80s, at least this week's will. Well, the Interpol will bring you back to the aughts, but... Yeah, okay. Uh, Interpol is an awesome band, and if you have not heard of Interpol, then you should go watch the video. They've got two videos posted now on Facebook, and then you can go out and get their first album, Turn on the Bright Lights, which is fantastic. You'll love them. All right, cool. Uh, continue accessing us through iTunes, but until next time... So, Dave, like uh, a couple months ago, I was like a chaperone at the prom, and uh, I heard some teachers got overbeveraged.